Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, why did the demon come out immediately? Because Jesus had what? Authority and what? Power. And the demon had what? No choice. You don't notice the demon going, well, I'll think about it. Woof! He's gone. Now he tries to injure the man, throws him down. This is not exorcism movie number 28 with all the weird stuff that happens and people, you know, for 43 hours, they're beating people and trying to get the demon out. No, this is spiritual warfare. The Bible tells us that when Jesus came on the scene and began teaching, the people were amazed because he taught as one having authority. Unlike their usual teachers, Jesus will at a later time declare that all authority has been given to himself. Pastor Mark will be sharing stories of Jesus from the book of Luke, which recount instances where Jesus demonstrated his power and authority. In the sermon where Jesus declares himself to be the Messiah, he indicated that he had come to meet all of our needs. He declared that he will meet our needs in the church, the home, and the marketplace. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he begins his message, A Day in the Life of Jesus. In this last week, you had a busy day. How many had at least one really busy day? Well, we're going to follow Jesus this morning. 24 hours. I guaranteed his day was way busier than any day you've ever had. Now, we learned last week that Jesus came and he went to Nazareth where he was raised and he told the people he had come and he fulfilled this Kind of his mission statement out of Isaiah. And here is what his mission statement was. Jesus said this, I am God. In other words, to the Jewish people in the synagogue, I am the Messiah and I've been sent to meet your needs. Physical, mental, social, spiritual. Now, a mission statement is only as good as you and I carry it out. So we're going to watch Jesus meet people's needs in three locations. We begin in Luke chapter 4. Scoot on down, if you will, to verse 31. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath, he taught the people. So Jesus leaves Nazareth. Remember, they tried to kill him. Supernaturally, he walked through he walks 20 miles to the city of Capernaum. You see, Nazareth's loss was Capernaum's gain. Now, you say, Professor Mark, why does it say he went down? Well, because 
The Sea of Galilee is below sea level. Capernaum will be where Jesus establishes his kind of center of ministry. We'll see that as we go through. Now, he enters the synagogue on the Sabbath as was his custom. Remember, we told you last week that Jesus, every Sabbath, was in the synagogue. And we challenged you not to be in church this weekend and five weekends from now you drop by again. No, be here on a regular basis. And we even gave you some scientific fact last week. I know many of you probably watched a little video. By the way, every week I do a little video on our webpage. And I was sitting here in the sanctuary and did it. How many got, saw that video this week? Okay, good. More than 4,000 people saw it. So look for a little video tomorrow. I have a little video every Monday on Facebook. So just go there and take a look at it. Now, what we learned last week is science has proven this. People that live really old, if you belong to a faith fellowship kind of deal, which is church for us, if you go every week, four weeks in a row out of a month, you will live four to 14 years longer. I don't want to do your funeral early, so please just do it. (laughs) Now, Jesus is there, so he walks into this synagogue, and he does something interesting. Look at verse 32. As he's teaching, what is the reaction to his teaching? Take a look at it. And they were amazed at his teaching because his words had, circle the word, authority. His words had authority. What does authority mean? The lawful right to exercise power, to do it. Power has a lot of meanings, but the spiritual one here is spiritual ability to do something. As many of you came today, either on the road or in the parking lots, you experience power and authority. As you approach the parking lots, many of you saw a police officer outside holding up his hand, stop. Does he have the power to stop your car running over him? Of course not. So why did you stop? Because he has the authority. Remember Easter to give you that sucker ticket, baby, if you go by him. So what you see, he had the lawful right to exercise power. That's why we stop. Well, when Jesus came to this earth, God gave him two things. He was baptized with the Spirit, so he had the power. And then look at this verse. It's a powerful verse. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said this. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given how much? How much is all? All authority in heaven and where else? On the earth. Now, I don't have time this weekend, but as we move through, you're going to discover that when Jesus went back to heaven, this authority and this power was given to every Christian. So we have the same authority and power. Now, we'll see how to use that later. Watch Jesus as he does this. Now, why were these people so enamored with the teaching of Jesus? Well, let me tell you about what happened normally in a synagogue in those days. The rabbis would come, and the rabbis would open somebody's commentary. Another rabbi, maybe a dead rabbi. And they would say, well, this is what it means. And then another guy would get up and say, well, no, this rabbi says, this is what it means. So it was just an accumulation of other people's thoughts. When Jesus got up, he just said, this is the meaning. Why? Because he was the word of God. He didn't have to have a commentating. He was. So the words he spoke went, woo, truth. By the way, that's why we teach the word of God. 
So you should understand that. Not only did Jesus have power and authority, I want you to write this down. This is so important because of our churches today. The Bible also has authority since it's the very word of God. What I'm speaking to you this morning is not my ideas. I'm speaking to you this morning the actual living word of God. And that is what changes us. It's not man's ideas. It's the living word of God. It's powerful. Now, that means, as that was going through, these people went, wow, we've never heard teaching like that before. Verse 40, 33. In the synagogue, in the service, there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. Demon possessed means under the internal control of a demon. The opposite of demon possessed is spirit filled under the control of the Holy Spirit. Demon possession is still real today, thousands of years later. And as you see, it's very personal. This man is internally possessed. There is a demon inside of him. Now, where do these demons come from? Well, when Satan, who was the original worship leader, tried to undo God, he wanted to be worshiped instead of God, he deceived one-third of the angels to join him, and God threw them out of heaven. Satan is the rule of this earth, still under God's control, and with him are one-third of the fallen angels called demons, and they roam the world. Let me give you a little good news, because if you're not good in math, two-thirds of good angels always defeat one-third of bad angels. Can I hear an Amen. So, but it's very real still. We deal with it from time to time. Actually, the elders are going to deal with the situation this coming week. It's very common overseas, Asia, Haiti, lots of countries like that. The demon things is huge. So it is a definite personal thing, and it's a real thing. Now, what do these demons cause? Well, to be honest, some of the things we see on the news are because of demon-possessed people. Remember, what is Satan's goal? Steal, kill, and destroy. ISIS, is, ISIS people are possessed by Satan and demons. That's the whole goal, just to destroy Christians. Now, understand... Demon possession can exhibit itself in lots of ways. Uh, mental disorders, violent actions, physical disease, all kinds of rebellion against God. You'll see that right there. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody that has a mental disorder obviously has a demon. No, many times it's organic. They're, you know, that was my background in pharmacy. It, it was a, a chemical imbalance, but sometimes it is. So, uh, of course, here we are in the synagogue. Jesus has all authority. He's in the house. And why is Jesus not surprised? And why... Is he going to take care of this demon with two little statements because of this truth that John writes for us later? The Son of God, Jesus, came to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to save us. He came to show us who God was. But he came to make sure that our world is ruled by God, even though Satan rules part of it. Amen? So God's in control. Watch what happens as we walk through the story. 
verse 33, and this demon-possessed man is in the service, and he cried out at the top of his voice. Well, what's he going to say? Go away. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? By the way, he already knows that's going to happen. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, isn't this interesting to you? Do we have lots of people who refuse to believe in Jesus? And they say, I'm an engineer, I'm very smart, I'm brilliant. You prove to me factually that Jesus is real, and then I'll believe it. You know what Jesus says? No, you believe it, and I'll prove it to you. You can't become a Christian without faith. He says blind faith. Oh, it isn't blind faith at all. So notice what's going to happen here. Isn't it interesting to you that the demon knows exactly who's in the house? You're the son of God. Now, how would this demon know that Jesus was God? This is a no-brainer. Because he lived with him in heaven before he was thrown out. He knows exactly who this guy is. He's got, and why does he say, have you come to destroy us? He already knows what's going to, they already know they're going to be in hell forever, the lake of fire. Now, what's going to happen as you watch this? The demon recognizes Jesus. Here's something you have to understand. This is common in the Bible. Demons know who Jesus is. They absolutely know he's the son of God. But they don't believe as far as repenting and obeying so they'll never be changed. You can, we have a lot of people, you, you talk to them, you say, well, I go to church. Well, I don't, I'm not into the church thing. Well, do you believe in God and Jesus? Well, of course I believe in Jesus. Well, are you following? No, I'm not into the following thing. You're no better than a demon. See, there's no belief. A belief is an action word. The demons never will submit and obey and follow Jesus. So two statements from Jesus take care of the whole situation. Look at verse 35. First two words Jesus said is what? Be quiet. Jesus said sternly. Here's the next four words. Come out of him. And then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. Now why did the demon come out? Immediately. Because Jesus had what? Authority and what? Power. And the demon had what? No choice. You don't notice the demon going, well, I'll think about it. Woof. He's gone. Now he tries to injure the man, throws him down. This is not exorcism movie number 28 with all the weird stuff that happens and people, you know, for 43 hours, they're beating people and trying to get the demon out. No, this is spiritual warfare. The power of God. Two statements gone. Two statements. The power of God. Now, verse 36. As the people are watching this, all the people were amazed and said to each other, What words these are. With, here it is, authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out. See, this is spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is real. Jesus' power and authority is real. Verse 37, and the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. No kidding. Now, there's three keys I want you to write down. Here's the first one. Where is Jesus meeting needs? Jesus meets our needs in the church. That's why you're to be here. 
You're to be fed the word of God. You're here to worship. You're here to honor God. Meet one another. Get connected with one another. Celebrate, which we do. So let me encourage you again. Make it a habit as much as possible. Watching online is fantastic. Many times you can't do that. Anything else, you're sick or on vacation or somewhere else. You're in a town where there's no church. We love thousands of you watching this morning. Way to go. But if you can get here, get here. I'm serious. It's not about numbers. Like, we don't take a number when you come in. or like, okay, two weeks in a row. Good for you. No. We're here for you. We're here to present the word of God for you. Now, when that begins to happen, let me just say this to you this morning, right now. If you have a need this morning, God wants to meet it. You're in church. If you're anxious this morning, if you have a question this morning, if you've been worried about something, you see it in a moment. Just give it to God today. At the end of our services, come down and be prayed for. See, this is not a sterile environment. Every one of us have needs. And this is a place that you come, church is one, where your needs can be met. So let me just encourage you to do that this morning. Jesus is in the house. Now, verse 38. And Jesus left the synagogue, and he went to the home of Simon. Now, Simon's, here's an interesting word, mother-in-law. Mother-in-law, mother-in-law, was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. Now, I'm not going to make a big deal out of this, but I want to say this this morning. What did you see? The first thing you notice is that Peter has a mother-in-law. So what does that mean? It means Peter was married, and Peter had a wife, proven numbers of times in the Bible. Now, some of you were raised in a certain church to believe that Peter was celibate. Sorry. He had a wife. You can't have a mother-in-law without a wife. Does that make sense to you? So, understand, and again, not trying to make a deal. We love all people. But understand, this is the truth. Now, mother-in-law. I just let it sink in for a moment. Uh, uh, two husbands were talking. One said to the other, my mother-in-law is an angel. And the friend replied, you're lucky. Mine's still alive. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's move right on past that now. So right after the synagogue, Jesus goes to Peter's house. How far was that? It's just a few hundred feet in Capernaum. Jesus shows up to the synagogue and went for Sunday lunch right next door, basically, right through that town. Now, on top of this, the Catholic Church has built a nice church right up there, and just to honor Peter or whatever. Of course, they're never going to tell you that he was, this is Peter's mother-in-law's house or whatever, but they're just going to tell Peter. Who is writing these verses? Luke. Who was Luke? He's a doctor. So notice he doesn't say, Peter's mother-in-law just had a fever. She had a what? A high fever. That's a doctor. And that means it was debilitating and she was hurting and she needed help. So look at verse 39. So he, Jesus, bent over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her. And she got up at once and began to wait in them. How many of you know that that's supernatural? 
Fever is instantly gone. How many of you know if you had a fever for a few days, how do you feel finally when the fever goes away? How do you feel? Like a wet rag, don't you? You got no energy. Immediately she gets up and what? Starts serving people. That's supernatural. It's as if she had no infection, no sickness at all. So what have we learned here? Here it is. Number two, Jesus meets our needs in the home. What is the home? Well, the home was designed by God. Marriage was defined by God. Our world is defining it different. I'm not doing a whole thing in the gay stuff, whatever. We love all people. They just need God like all the rest of us. But when the home was designed, that design is never to change. It's one man, one woman who know God. From that relationship comes children. And the children are to learn from mom and dad who God is and how to serve him. Now, when that home was designed, Adam and Eve, there was no church, there was no school, and there was no government. That foundation is never to be changed. You can't have two women and you can't have two men to fulfill the commandment that God gave to Adam and Eve. He simply said this. Listen to me. Listen to me. He said, multiply and fill the earth. Impossible to fill the first command that God gave to the home. Now, understand, and I understand you're clapping, but we love lost people. They're lost. They're welcome here but they're going to have to change like the rest of us. So don't get funky. We all need God. Every one of us. And we're open to God changing anybody because we all have areas that have need, right? But we just teach the Bible. So the home is in help. That's why I want you to be at the marriage seminar. This is not the first time society redefined marriage. You know why Rome went down, don't you? The very thing that's happening to our world right now. Destroyed the whole foundation of the world in Rome. So this is not new. So we have to get back. So can I challenge you again to make sure that you're at the marriage seminar? Now, notice, she got up at once and began serving. What is she doing? She's doing something that she learned from Jesus. Look what Jesus, when he came to the earth, CEO of the earth, Jesus. Take care of me. Watch me. Put the red carpet out. Now watch what Jesus says when he comes to this earth. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Can I remind you this morning as a Christian, thousands of opportunities for you to serve. Get to the list that I already mentioned to you. Get to that list. Find a way to serve. Now, Here's what I want you to write this morning. God saved and changed us to serve. He didn't change you and save you to do your own deal. In today's teaching, we learn that Jesus came to meet all of our needs. Our needs at home, in the church, and in the marketplace, the wider world. Pastor Mark shared that Jesus claimed to have been given power and authority by God the Father. He demonstrated that by casting the demon out of the man by two phrases. We were also told that this authority and power is now available to us. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. In the next teaching, Pastor Mark will continue to recap a day in the life of Jesus. Pastor Mark will be focusing on the key to Jesus being able to channel God's power and authority day by day. Time spent away from everyone else alone in prayer. We'll continue to observe examples of Jesus' authority over the physical realm, including such things as sicknesses. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.